Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Thursday, April the 28th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to talk about the DFS and prize picks plays for this awesome NBA three-game playoff slate for this evening. We have an incredibly unique situation here. I don't know, I can't remember seeing one that fell just like this, but all three series are 3-2, and all three series have the home team playing, trying to tie it up at 3-3. On top of that, we have Vegas almost having the same totals for these three games, and all three are under three, three and a half point spreads. So you talk about an even playing field for our DFS builds and our prize picks uh, plays. Uh, you got to love it. I mean, this is going to be who's the, got the best uh, of the best. So can't wait to, to break this down with you and take a look at it. We're going to look at some statistics. We're going to look at some recency. Uh, we're going to just talk through some matchups and figure out where we want to focus our build for DFS and what prize pick plays uh, jump out at us. Uh, if you notice today, I very rarely do it, but I had to crack out the vintage Dallas Mavericks hat. Uh, for the listeners that are newer and don't know my history, um, I went to the very first Dallas, I guess I'm extremely old. I went to the very first Dallas Mavericks game ever played in Reunion Arena with my dad back when I was a teenager. So I still have the shirt that I bought there, the, the vintage Maverick shirt. And uh, my dad was a basketball fanatic and he was a coach, followed right in his footsteps, just like my son Dawson is following in mine. It's amazing. The, the apple does not fall far from the tree, but uh, lost my dad a while back. So I, I get fired up uh, for him as well when the Mavericks uh, playoffs come around because he was a big fan. Uh, also, so I had to crack out the hat, still have the DFS uh, shirt on. And uh, just so you know, as much as I love the Mavs, I am completely uh, impartial as far as when I'm picking my DFS and prize picks plays. Yes, I do play Luca a decent amount, but who doesn't, you know? So anyway, I'm uh, really excited about this slate tonight. It is going to be a blast. All right, before we get started real quickly, take a second here. We put this podcast in front of the paywall seven days a week. So all we ask in, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, uh, take a second, subscribe, and then click that little uh, alarm up in the corner that will tell you when any of our podcasts post. We're posting seven day a week, uh, both for DFS and prize picks together for baseball, basketball, and we're also uh, providing weekly for PGA. So uh, very excited for that. If you want to come and join us, go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for as little as a three-day pass for $10. Um, if you want to DM me directly on Twitter, I'm uh, at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want a free trial. Uh, shoot me a message. Maybe we'll pop you in there for uh, a three-day freebie. Um, also, if you want to check any of us out on Twitter, we're all at DFS Coach Talk and our Major League Baseball guy, Mr. Josh Crash Davis, is at JP Davis 1982. 
All right, here we go. This is a really fun slate. First game is 7 o'clock. It is the Philadelphia 76ers at the Toronto Raptors. Philadelphia is favored by a point and a half, and it's a 210 and a half total. 106 implied for Philly, 104 and a half implied uh, for the Toronto Raptors. As far as on the injury front, we have uh, Charles Bassey questionable. Not that that matters. But the one that does matter is Matisse Thibel is out. So that extra defense and that rotation player is not in the mix. For Toronto, Gary Trent is the questionable one here. And that's very important because it looks like Fred Van Vliet is going to be out. He's doubtful. So in my initial projections here, I have him as out. Right now I have Trent as in, but he's a legit questionable. So we have to follow that. That is the really the only pieces of news that we need. I think Van Vliet will sit uh, if he's not already been completely ruled out. So really, Trent's the only piece of information that I think is newsworthy on, on this three-game or everything else is in place. So we will be in Discord throughout the day to update that for you uh, for sure. All right, as far as a, a statistical look real quickly at this, and again, these, these statistics are for the full regular season and playoffs combined. Just gives you an idea because, uh, you know, we're looking at where which games do we want to focus on to stack or which games do we want to fade. I will say again, and I'll, you know, go through the numbers with all of these, but the spreads are all tiny and the totals are all almost the same. So it really is, uh, you know, you can spread out and make some really good decisions here. But in pace, these two teams play extremely slow. On the season and through the playoffs, they're 26th and 25th in pace. So that is a strike against them. Plus their defenses are both above average. Philadelphia 12th and Toronto 11th. So that does not bode well, uh, you know, for them in that situation. Uh, let's look at this last game. Uh, where Toronto was able to win 103-88 and force a game six. Uh, from the Toronto side, we had uh, a bunch of guys get up uh, shots between 10 and 17 shots, which they are really sharing the ball. So you got Ananobi, Siakam, Trent, Barnes, and Achua all getting between 10 and 17 shots. So the, the ball was spread around, moved around, and you had big minutes from Ananobi, 39, Siakam, 43, almost 44, which we expected. Trent, 38, but he's questionable. Scotty Barnes playing on one leg with that really bum ankle. And by the way, congratulations to Scotty Barnes, named the Rookie of the Year, uh, beat out Evan Mobley from Cleveland. It was uh, That was going to be a close one, and Scotty Barnes deservedly got it. He is a shutdown defender, and he can score it, and he gutted it out, man. He played 40 minutes and 43 seconds, so I assume he's a full go. We had a nice contribution from Achua in almost 27 minutes. After that, Boucher, 18, and Thad Young, 16. That was the gist of the way things are going there. So, you know, is there anybody we can dive all over? Um you know, they're spreading it around. Siakam certainly is going to get the most shots up. If Trent sits, then all of a sudden Ananobi, Siakam, and Barnes become even more 
you know, tempting to, to roster in there and stack up because Van Vliet's usage and uh, his shots got spread around. If we have to lose Trent as well, remember you're going to get a lot of Pascal Siakam playing that pseudo point guard. And, you know, then it brings somebody else into play. Maybe a Malachi Flynn jumps into that rotation. So that Trent news is very important and we'll be following it very closely. For the Sixers, it was just a really rough game. Uh, one they were not expected to lose at home. They were supposed to close out this series. Uh, and you had, you know, your usual suspects getting big minutes, but not being as effective. Uh, we had uh, Tobias Harris, 44 minutes with six for 16. Embiid played 40 minutes and was seven for 15. So, you know, just a decent game, but it is price. He didn't get there. Tyrese Maxey was only five for 14. James Harden, who did not look great, and I played him, so he did let me down. He got almost 40 minutes, but he was only four for 11. He only took six foul shots. He did have seven assists, but only two rebounds. So, you know, I know everybody's going bonkers. Harden's washed up, et cetera, et cetera. I'm telling you, it scares me to poke that bear, but I do admit he does not look uh, just himself completely. Whether he slowed down a bit, whether it's Toronto's defense that's bothering him, which could be the case. Maybe he's not, you know, uh, mentally completely focused or gelled with this team. I mean, there was so much that went on and he hasn't played a ton of games here. So Harden's still, you know, a possibility for me. I cannot write him off, but I do agree that I'm not as confident as I was last time. As far as the bench goes, no Thibel, and he did play 14 minutes. Nobody else off the bench really had any type of minutes impact whatsoever. So trying to close this series out and not wanting to, it to go to a game seven, I think you're going to see absolute massive minutes from Harris, Embiid, Maxey, and Harden. Those four guys, I think, will all be north of 40 minutes. Um, they don't do not want it to go to a game seven when anything can happen. Green is going to slide into probably a few more with Thibel being out. He may be able to push 30, but you know, he did get 10 shots up. I'll give him that. And he hit four threes, but extremely scary guy to take. I'd prefer to focus on the other four. All right, let's, uh, that gives you a little bit of an idea where we're at there. I think it's a good game. I think it's a game that's going to be played uh, big minutes by their main guys, of course, uh, in this closeout scenario. All right, let's go to game two. Game two is at, um, let's see here. It is at 7.30, so we're going to have to try to watch two games at once again. It's only 30 minutes after the other one. And it's the Phoenix Suns at the New Orleans Pelicans. Phoenix is only favored by two and a half. It's a 214 total, 108.25 implied for Phoenix, 105.75 implied for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, as far as injuries, we know that Booker and Sarich are out for Phoenix, and we know that our buddy Cheeseburgers Williamson is out for the Pelicans. So uh, another scenario here where you know, this was supposed to be a sweep. Everybody was picking a sweep. And here we are. Pels are trying to tie this up at three games each in New Orleans. So uh, a bit of panic mode for Phoenix. Uh, but they, you know, they need to step up and get it done here. And that's, you know, 
they can absolutely do this on the road. But as Vegas is looking at this, it is not uh, a cup of tea. This is going to be a, a hard-fought game. So let's go back and find the game uh, the last time they played, which was on Sunday. So they do have that extra day rest, which will help you know both sides here. Um, and this game was the one that tied it up at, uh, uh, let's see here, Suns in second half to not series at two. Um, I am going to find here, I am on the wrong one. I want to go to the game that made it 3-2. <clears throat> so let me see here. I don't want to go off the wrong one and get us messed up. So we're going to find that. Here it is. Okay. It was Tuesday. Uh, so this is the game. Phoenix won 112-97 to go up 3-2. So that's the game we're going to look at. That was two days. So they didn't get the extra day. That was just two days ago. And let's look at New Orleans first. Brandon Ingram played 40 minutes, had a solid game, 22 points, uh, five assists, five rebounds. He's expensive, but he's going to get monster minutes. Jackson Hayes has been starting, but then not getting big minutes. Something to definitely fade, in my opinion. Only 15 this last game. The big minutes came from these three guys. Well, other than Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, he's 32 minutes. And then Herb Jones, 40, and McCullum, 40. And that's, you know, that's going to be your meat and potatoes. Nance got almost 20. He's been getting more minutes at the four than Jackson Hayes. And then the peripheral guys, Murphy and Graham and Alvarado. Alvarado would be the only one I'd consider because he just grabbed stocks so quickly. He had two more steals in this game, and he did get up eight shots. So the focal point, Ingram, Valachunas, Jones, and McCullum, you can take a glance at Hayes, Nance, and Alvarado. But in the, as far as getting shots up, CJ was seven for 22. So not quite where he wants to be. One for eight from three. Uh, he did have eight rebounds and five assists. He's he's a great play. He is expensive, but he is a terrific play here. Uh, Ingram had the second most shots, like I say, at seven for 19. And then you've got uh, Joe Val was seven for 11. So very efficient. 14 rebounds, three assists, one steal. So uh, he's had a very nice series. And, you know, if you can keep him out of foul trouble, he only had three the last game. He's certainly a center option here at a price that's better than, than a couple of the buy-ups. So um, certainly the regular focal points. If you want to go a little cheaper, uh, Herb Jones gets the big minutes, but again, he had one of those games. Only one field goal in over 40 minutes. He was one for five. So that's not quite going to get it done. He will get you some rebounds and some stocks. He had uh, two steals and two blocks. So he is a tempting guy, but you need you need a lot more than one field goal if you're playing 40 minutes. So certainly an option, but not you know not a plug and play by any stretch of the imagination. So the main guys are the the main go tos here uh, on that side of the ball. For Phoenix, it's crunch time, and they're they're playing their top five and rolling with it because there's no Booker. So that really messes up their rotation. They got 47 minutes for Mikhail Bridges. I mean, that's nuts to play all but one minute of a ball game in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you got to like a guy in that scenario. Plus, he got up 17 shots. 
So he'll be extremely popular. I, there should be some regression here, I would assume. 12 for 17 from the field, 4 for 4 from 3. I mean, I do love Bridges, and I've played him a lot, but it scares me. Five rebounds, two assists, four blocks, and a steal. So, you know, Yahtzee, if you had him last time, still a great play, but I'm not sure at the ownership we're going to have to follow that closely. Our man Colin and Mike and, and will be posting that this afternoon as far as ownership. And if he's overpopular, it might be good to pivot. I mean, I do really like him, but uh, let's just see what those numbers show here. Um, Crowder played 22, did not do a whole lot. Expected him to step up a little bit. Aiton's been solid. He's been very tough. 35 minutes, 8 for 13. They still don't get him the ball enough, which is sort of bizarre because he scores it. Good rebounds, you know, nice play there. Cam Johnson, I was on him. He got it done. Only eight shots. I'd, he's a volume shooter, though. I'd like him to have 14, 15 shots, to be honest with you. But he will get some rebounds and assists and a couple of stocks. So Cam in play. Of course, there's Chris Paul. I hung my hat on him. He did go eight for 18, so we can accept that. Uh, six rebounds, 11 assists, only one turnover. More Chris Paul kind of game. You know, again, it's a closeout game. It's Chris Paul. This is his best chance chance to win a championship. He's going to be high up my list. I, I really think that without Booker, it really does fall in his lap. Um, the guard that got a lot of the Booker minutes off the bench was Landry Shamit. You can consider him. He only had six shots that he got up. You only got 11 minutes and 54 seconds from campaign, which is very surprising because they will pay, play him alongside Paul at times. I think you may see those minutes flip. I prefer campaign over Shamit. Payne gets the ball up. He's a scorer. He was four for 10 in only that 11 minutes and 54 seconds and definitely gets you some assists. So I think Payne might be a little bit sharper play than Shamit. You know, we were able to go with a uh, big difference last night in winning uh, a lot of our NBA plays on all three DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo uh, is that we piled on Kobe White where everybody else sort of dove to Dasunmu and uh, White smashed him. I think we may have a scenario similar here. I'm not saying Shaman's going to be higher owned than Payne, but if people are looking at that last game and they see him playing over double the minutes, uh, it's going to be close. But I trust Payne a little bit more. But the, the, key, you know, the key is you have some big choices to make. Do you get on the, the chalk train with Mikhail Bridges, uh, Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, or DeAndre Ayton? Or do you try to go cheap and maybe Jay Crowder as a vet, he's been to the finals before, maybe he can uh, you know, step up a little bit as well. So and, and another excellent game, lots of options, lots of choices, and uh, really steady, uh, steady game. All right, <clears throat> uh, before we go to the final game real quickly, again, if you want to join us, go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up right there. For as little as a three-day pass for 10 bucks. Uh, send me a DM on Twitter at Joe Sarvati. Uh, give me a reason why you want to try us out for free. Let me know uh, what you think, and uh, maybe we'll send you an invite and get you in there. This is the time of year we get hot. We have uh, we made a huge run 
the last two years in the NBA playoffs, starting at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, which is right now, and then in Major League Baseball at that time. We had 15K takedown, 12K takedown last year uh, at this time. Once we got to May, it was Baseball City. Uh, getting through the cold temps in April uh, really was a good uh, punch force. This uh, podcast, by the way, is presented by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, no space. If it's your first deposit with Prize Picks, they will match you dollar for dollar all the way up to 100 bucks. So if you want to play 30 bucks and that's what you deposit, they match it with 30 and it's put directly into your account. All right, <clears throat> we, let's go to game three. And it is a game that I have a little interest in. I am very intense about this game. I love the way the Mavs played in the last one. And now it is closeout. And trying to do it in Utah is no cup of tea. So Utah is actually favored by one. It's a 209 and a half total, 104 and a half implied for Dallas, 105 implied for Utah. So as I said, it's just across the board here. All the lines are below three. None of the implied total. In fact, the implied total spread for all six teams. The lowest one is a tie at 104 and a half for Dallas and Toronto, but the highest is only 108.25 for Phoenix. Everybody else is in the same boat. So really statistically, there's no reason to have to even, you know, look statistically beyond that. You just have to take your matchups and play it out. By the way, Phoenix is ninth in pace and, and New Orleans 21st. It's a little help for the, the Pels in a pace up, but Phoenix has the third best defense and the Pels are only 20th. So, that helps Phoenix. In this game, you've got two slow teams. Dallas, the slowest in the league, and at 30th, and Utah, 22nd. But both teams, good. Top Two top 10 defenses in 6th and 10th. So again, all those statistics, all those numbers, and you know what? They're all pretty close. This is just figure out the matchups, who's going to step up, and you're going to be in pretty darn good shape. All right, let's take a look at the last game. Uh, and what I'm going to do, though, because I think it was a little bit jilted because the Mavs absolutely smashed them. So let's see. They played that game um, on, let's see where we go here. That was on Monday. They went up 3-2. So I'm going to go to the game before that. Let's get a closer game that we can look at and get a better feel for usage. It was game four where uh, Utah tied it up 2-2, and it was 100-99. to Let's go back to that game because a much closer game, you get a much better picture. Reggie Bullock, we talked about this last time. We're going to re-review it. Bullock, 45 minutes. You know, again, he's not scoring a ton, but he'll hit some big threes, and they need him out there defensively. He's a a nice secondary play if you need to round out your lineup. Same thing with Dorian Finney-Smith, 40 minutes, you know, single-digit shots, but going to be there. Uh, Dwight Powell really has shown playing much better with Luka on the floor. There's no question they have a good chemistry. The lob play uh, is there, and he becomes an option as well. 
Uh, really, it's it's two guys. It's it's Jalen Brunson who deserves to be mentioned uh, at the top of the list as well. You know, he's getting up tons of shots. He's scoring. He's hitting clutch shots. When Luke is off the floor, he is the man. Brunson is playable without question, but his price is high. Luca's super expensive, but it's Luca. You know, we know he's going to get up incredible shots. He's going to play, uh, you know, old man Larry Bird, all these weird throwback things that I remember watching some of the guys do it back in the 70s. So, anyway, it's Luca uh, on the road. I mean, if you're going to buy up, there's certainly a lot uh, worse places you can go than Luca. Triple double waiting to happen. You know, do you need him for raw points here? I have him as the highest raw point scorer on this slate. So I think that, you know, you got to go there. I'm going to be looking to start my build with him in most of my lineups. I'll probably have a GPP without him just in case. Uh, but I think he's a terrific play. After Luca, if you can, if you if you don't play Luca, then I'd say that means play Brunson because he'll he'll probably be the guy that picks up the slack. It's hard to play both of them because of the pricing. A little bit of negative leverage there, but it can be done because they certainly have both gotten to their number several times, combining for like 40 shots too. So, you know, it's very possible. Secondary guys you can consider, again, Dinwiddie, Kleba uh, would be the two guys with Powell, Finney, Smith, and Bullock. That's it, though. I would not go beyond that. Uh, that's their rotation, and that's who's going to get the minutes and probably get it done. Now, for Utah, we've got Donovan Mitchell playing. When he first got hurt at the end of that game, it looked like he was done. And uh, then the report came he may play. Now he is playing. So how much can they get out of Donovan? Is it a risk to take him? I mean, that if that uh, hamstring goes then it's over. You know, you can you can shut your computer and TV off. It's lights out. But if he does get the minutes and he hangs in there, I'm sure they're doing tons of therapy. It's probably going to get over 20 shots. He is the main and really only go-to guy for them. I sort of like Mitchell here, but I'm not sure. I want to read and listen, check out the coach speak, check out the beat writers, is he really healthy? Is this one of those scenarios where he is going to be restricted? Because they're going to defend the hell out of him. And if he's really on one leg, uh, it's it's going to be rough for him because he depends on that athleticism to get by people and over people. So um, I'm watching that super close. That will be a decision that will probably swing my slate one way or the other. Uh, because he is expensive, but I would, I'm leaning towards him. But uh, if I hear any negative chatter whatsoever, uh, I will not go to him. So that's going to be the, the key factor for me as the day goes on. Bogdanovich has been getting big minutes and you know, he's going to get up some threes. He was only one for five this last game, which is unusual. He's in play for me. Gobert, you know, I don't know, 15 rebounds again. He's going to do that against the Mavs. Only eight shots. There are times they play him off the court. So, you know, a risk. But if he grabs 18 rebounds and actually scores a little bit on some putbacks, um, he could be a fine play. Uh, that's the question. Do you want to go there or elsewhere with that center pick? There are a lot of pivots you can make uh, today with guys that are interesting. Um, after that, you know, it really... Jordan Clarkson's been the next man up. He got 36 minutes 
in that game. He's hitting shots and he's he's playing better than he has all season. So his game has come up in the playoffs and he can be considered he's showing it consistently now. Again, low floor uh, at times with Clarkson, but a consistent uh, you know, high ceiling right now for his price. Um, after that, really not interested in the O'Neills and even Conley's. I hate to say it, he just looks like it's a little late in his career, and it is. Uh, and it happens to everybody. Father Time still undefeated. So, you know, I don't know if this sparks Conley into a fountain of youth game, but I'm not really interested in going there. So that is it for those. The matchups, that's all three games. I think you're going to see fantastic basketball. I cannot wait. I'm going to be glued to my television. Three games that could go either way. Three teams at home trying to tie it up at three. I mean, that's basketball playoffs at its best. So hopefully this helps you build out some lineups. Uh, We'd love to have you join us. Um, Let me uh, click over before we head out now, and let's make a few prize pick selections. I was stalling as long as I could because I wanted to get more of the picks up on the prize picks board uh, and see if anything has been added. Yes, quite a few have been added. And uh, there's a few places I'm looking to go here. Um, Chris Paul right now is at 18 and a half points. I like the over. I know I talk about his assists all the time. I do think he scores here. I really do. I think uh, I don't think he's going to be subbed out that much for Payne. I think Payne gets a little play next to him, like I mentioned. And I think Paul scores over 20 here. This is a closeout game, and he's f- f- grew up basically playing basketball professionally in New Orleans. So it's very appropriate that he would step up with that crowd that you know has always endeared him. And, and get it done. So he's one guy uh, that I really like. Uh, I think a lot of people may go under Donovan Mitchell, 24 and a half. I'm not going to go there yet. But again, if I really hear that he's not uh, 100% at all, you know, which I don't think he is, then an under 24 and a half real points uh, would probably be a very sharp play. Um, no question about it. All right, as far as uh, PRA, points, rebounds, assists, you've got some really pivotal numbers all over the place here. But I'm going to go with one that that seems a little odd, but to me, uh, I think it makes sense. And I'm going to go, and I hate to do this, so Dirk, don't listen. I'm going to go under Jalen Brunson, 28 and a half PRA. That's a lot uh, for Luke of being 100% now, which he looks 100% to me. You know, 28 and a half, that's not fantasy score. That's PRA. So, I mean, he can have 15, 6, and 5 or whatever, and he's still not there. And that's a good game as a second fiddle to Lucas. So I'm going to go under Jalen Brunson, uh, 28 and a half, even though when I'm watching, I'm going to be rooting for his shots to go in. But I just think it's a smart play. So those are my two prize picks gives here. Uh, I'll have probably three or four more. Uh, My favorite one of all I'm holding for our members. uh, And I really think it's a smash spot for that one. But, uh, you know, we we can't give everything away. I pretty much, you know, give everything as it is, as far as my entire insight in the game. But uh, 
But I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it helps you build some winning DFS rosters, some lineups, some takedowns. I hope it helps you uh, get uh, some big prize picks crushes too. So we can all win with the same picks on prize picks, which is a lot of fun. So thank you so much for listening in. Uh, I'll certainly be back again tomorrow and we'll certainly be looking to crush it again in NBA DFS and prize picks.